Welcome back to another episode of You Have My Interest, the show that helps you make smart moves with your money by giving you tips, tricks, and tools to help navigate your wealth journey. I'm your host, Evelyn Clark, Director and Finance Broker at Everland. Before we begin, we would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land from which we are recording and you are listening today. We pay our respects to their elders, past, present, and emerging, always was and always will be Aboriginal land. Hi, Andy. Welcome to the podcast. Hello. Good to be here. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on. I um, This is going to be a bit of a different type of guest episode that we've had in the past. You are, I guess, a client, but also a friend. And I'm very much looking to diving into your personal journey and experience with finances, property, money, all of that sort of thing. But I also think that it's something that hopefully a lot of our listeners will get a lot of value from. So I thought I'd start off by asking you, what's your, what's your, what are you trying to achieve? What's your mission? And how has your, I guess, business involvement led you to where you are today? So the goal I set myself when I was 38 was to be financially free by 43. So I gave myself five years. Um, The positioning before that is that money was an incredible weakness and I'd been I never really paid it any attention. I was a bit afraid of it, probably. And it flowed through my life, but with no sense of control. Yeah. And so in my 20s, I was an artist. I was a writer and just lived beyond my means. Was in a lot of credit card debt by my late 20s. And then really wanted to work within my passions. Mm. So the, the, the creative thing. Then I went into wine and started at the bottom, earning very little in the UK, in retail, and my friends were all being quite successful by this point. And I really wasn't. I was still in a lot of debt and I had a lot of stress around money and felt like I should have my stuff together. I wanted to swear that, but I felt like I should have my shit together. You know, like it, that's how it was, but I didn't. And I knew that I didn't. And it caused me a lot of pain, mm. it caused me a lot of grief. And a few things happened and I began to get my career to a point where I was earning a little bit more. But as I increased my earning power, I just spent more. Mm-hmm. And so I continued to like overspend based on what I was earning. And I just never looked into it. And that happened for probably 10 or 12 years to the point where I was earning quite quite well. And I became a buyer in the wine trade. I moved here to Australia. So, you know, at my peak there, I was probably earning 170000 Yeah. But I still had no money. Yeah. I had no assets. I had a nice house and I had a nice car and I had a nice life. But it was, it, you know, it was just flowing through me. Yeah. And yeah, it sort of culminated at a point when I lost a job and I just started to get into self-development. This was when I was 37, 38. And I was exposed to some coaches in particular who were earning, you know, I think I really realized that there was a mindset. Yeah. That I had a mindset behind money. I'd inherited an education behind money. I had certain beliefs of what I thought was possible that weren't necessarily true. And I decided to just stop and take a look at all of it. It all was put on the table of what beliefs do I have? What do I think is possible? How is it possible to live? Um, Is it possible to earn a lot of money for not a lot of hours in return? Some people do it, so why couldn't I do it? Um, And it was all just, put on yeah so all these beliefs that i didn't even really know that i had became more ideas and frameworks and then i i sort of let a lot of stuff go and then hence setting that goal like 
okay, so here I am I'm in this position. I was in a lot of debt. I'd, I'd spent quite a lot on self-development. Plus I had other debt. I was probably 70,000 down. In, this is personal debt. That was personal yeah. debt, yeah. Um, but I was investing hard in education. Yeah. And I was really working hard on myself. And yeah, and I set myself this goal to be financially free, to retire by the time I was 43. That was that was my goal. I was going to figure it out. One way or another, let's go and work every day. And yeah, and that's, that, that, that was the journey. And that, that way of thinking set in motion a whole journey that shaped me to this day. And, you know, I missed the year by one year. I was 44 when yeah. probably, you know, like I can say that I, I can retire if I want. I, I'm still working, but like there is enough pass. The way I define retirement is to have your passive income running ahead of your expense. So that if I did decide to stop working, my life would continue not to the same level as if I'm on a wage, but if yeah. I, I, everything's taken care of. Yeah. It's fine. The passive income's ahead of my expense. And that, that is the case, and that's been the case for over six months, and I just turned 45. So, you know, things are in great shape. Mm. I, I still have new dreams and, and new things that I want to do, So, and that's been part of the journey. Um yeah, but that's yeah. but it, it was driven very much out of pain and out of being incompetent yeah. and not wanting to look under the bite of my life. Um, yeah, but do so you think a lot of people would be in a similar situation where they? Yeah, because there's actually a lot of framing. It. It's quite highly because I was listening to a video yesterday about this mindset that we're brought up with around money, which is that when you from the very very early ages of you even watching cartoons, there is a lot of let's say media even, mm. that steers us towards money as a negative yep. behavior almost. So people that have money must be bad people. You know, a lot of the yep. people in cartoons that have a lot of money are the evil character in the cartoons yep. and things like that. Yep. And so there's a lot of this sort of framing. There's a lot of fights that happen with parents around money and that sort of thing growing up. So yep. do you think that some of that steers people towards having negative yeah, expectations to money almost? Yeah, I do think that. And I think there's... Um, I went... I was from a relatively modest family mm. and my parents sent me to a private school and I hated it because the kids there were so arrogant and I didn't like them at all and I associated money with arrogance for a very long time yeah. and as part of that process in my late 30s you know I did I, there were good role models wealthy role models in my life but I didn't look to them I, it was much easier to point to the to the terrible people and yeah. arrogant people and people who I who I didn't like and I had to, that was some of the stuff I had to let go and go and find those good role, role models. Um, and yeah, I, I totally agree. I think there's a lot of shame. I think money sets um, sort of go together in that way. Like there's, it, it's hard to just lift up the bonnet and then let go your existing beliefs because you feel you should have it. It's so important. You can't really get away from them yeah. both in certain ways. But to, to, to calmly look into them and work out, okay, what's going on here? How can I be better? How can I learn in these in this area? I, yeah, it's, it's sort of interesting. Yeah. Um, and you know, yeah, for me, for me, it was very shameful to be so bad. Yeah, and yeah, and yeah, and even even mm. more of a shame around earning the money or the fact that you were. I just didn't know how to do it. Yeah, I didn't know. You know, I didn't really want to live within my means. Honestly, I wanted to just have fun, but I wanted nice assets and I wanted freedom and all these things. I, yeah. I sort of wanted it all. I didn't, 
I didn't really want to be told that I had to get control of stuff. And, yeah. and you know, so it was easy to push it away. But then I would look at where I was in my life and where my friends were with mm. their houses, this, that, and the other. I was, yeah. I just I had no idea. Like the idea of $100,000 was inconceivable to me because yeah. if I had five grand in my back, I felt rich, you know, and I'd, I'd go and do something fun with five grand. Yeah. So the 100000 or buying, saving for a house, all these kind of things, mm. the numbers were just fantasy Yeah. at that point in my life. Yeah. So how did you start to shift that? <laughs> um. Yeah. One of the one of the first things um one of the first things that I really remember doing was uh I read it in the compound effect uh, talking about um habits that compound and he made Darren Hardy makes the point I, I think he's he has a personal assistant or something and and she's maybe in a similar position to me. Yeah. You know, he just has that track. Yeah. Don't make any changes but just write down everything. And, and that made a, quite a big impression. So I was I was already on the path, and I was like, okay, no changes necessary. But and I I got a little black book, and I wrote down for probably three months every. Yeah, I knew, and I after the first day or two, I really began to enjoy it. And I, but for the first time in my life, I was really feeling and looking at where the money was going. Yeah, and I'm I have a meditation practice and. What I was doing and what I believe strongly in is awareness. And awareness is real power. It's a tool. It doesn't do anything as such, but to have awareness and to yeah. be aware is the starting. Totally. And so I built my awareness around the flow of money as it was moving into my life and as it was moving out of my life. Ah, okay. Right. And I had some, I had a good mentor at the time and, you know, and then, okay. So then began to like, okay, so if I bring things back here, if I, it's still allowing money to flow through, but I was beginning to get some control over that flow. Yeah. So that's where it starts tracking, tracking, and then organizing the way that I thought about it. Yeah. 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 It's funny you mentioned the compound effect because to me, that book was the very first book that I read that really shifted my mindset around probably personal development. I think yeah. It was the first, first time that I really kind of went, okay, this is something that I want to explore more. And that book for me has just always been like yeah. every time I come back to anything personal development wise, it's literally just how yeah. significant the compound effect is. Yeah. 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 Little tiny things yeah. add up not over That's time. Right. Again. Yeah. You won't we see it over two years, but over five years, ten years, you're turning up every day, doing these little things. Yeah. It's suddenly you just take off. Yeah. And that's how it was for me. That was this journey, right? Yeah. So it, like when I was 38, I was 70 grand in debt. And now, you know, like, uh, yeah, it's I have a good net worth probably. Mm. But um, but it all happened. It's just little things. You just keep turning up, doing little things and looking and trying and, and making mistakes. And, you know, making mistakes. That was, that's another area. So, you know, I think when you have a job and you go to school and you try and do well, it's all about being getting being good, being get being right. Yeah. And a huge part of my journey was in letting that go yeah. and in learning how to be wrong. Yeah. Good thing. Yeah. And much more often. And so to prior to this point in your life, yeah. when you were thirty eight and you made that sort of change or you had that mindset shift, had you had any sort of investments yourself or no. had you started any businesses or were you purely just POYG up until that point? I was POYG. Yeah. Yeah. And so I guess in then creating your wealth, yeah. you talk about passive income. Yeah. I'd love to hear some of the ways that you started to dabble in passive income and how you 
started to create that extra yep. stream of income. Yep. Because I think for a lot of people who are in a job, it's very easy just to, like anything outside of that is either foreign to them or they yep. might like invest in some shares here or there. But yep. what can what other ways can people start to? Yeah. So for me, the best way this has ever been explained, um, he's not an author that I love as a person yeah. at all. Because he's quite right wing. He's friends with Trump, I think. But his framework of laying out the flow of money as it moves through most people's lives is is outstanding. Yeah. And it's Robert Kiyosaki. Yeah. <laughs> and his quadrant, it, it's still to this day, outside of in inheriting a heap of money or winning the lottery yeah. or these kind of things. Like, you know, that that quadrant, um, you know, people don't know it. It's it's four it, there's four parts obviously um, and on the left hand side is where you are working for money and on the right hand side is where money is working for itself and we all are a part of this this flow and on the left hand side top left you have an employee who is a part of someone else's system and they work for that money but if they stop the money you know and then below that S is self employed. Um, and that can still be a fairly big business, but if you stop, again, there is no business without you yeah. within that business. And um, so it can be anyone from, uh, you know, accountant, a lawyer, a uh, doctor even, um, to a small business owner, you know, with like, you know, 20, 30 people, <sighs> but you stop, the money stops. And that, that's where you're working for money. And then on the right-hand side, top right, you have a business asset, yeah. which is where the business stands alone. It stands on its feet. And his way of understanding whether you're a business asset owner is whether you can leave that business alone for one year and come back and it's bigger than when you left. If you can do that, you've got a business. Yeah. And then bottom right is investing. Mm. And that can be property, stocks, shares. Yeah. And the idea is to get yourself onto that right-hand side. Yeah. And what I began to understand from reading his book, especially Cashflow Quadrant, was the different values that each of these different sections have. Yeah. Security for an employee. doesn't matter what you're earning, but that, that commitment to that, that needing to know each month, okay, that's reliable, that's secure, yeah. you know, and then the control element of the small business owner, like it, it's a lot about, you know, not necessarily holding on to control, but like to, to certainly grow into a business asset, there's, a, there's an element of like relying on systems, yeah. relying on people, to, to kind of let, and letting go that that's you know financial freedom is that business asset uh, element of just letting you know good systems good people good product and price but allowing things to scale yeah you know whereas down here is, is a bit more control and, and perfectionism perhaps um and then investing is really like it can't even remember what the values are behind investing but i mean there's it, it's it's having a really great understanding of risk yeah and okay. you know risk and reward yeah and you know managing your risk for for good rewards yeah. and the analytics that go behind that so yeah my journey i'd always been employee and then i began to set up numerous businesses i, I set up four or five way too many um and there was only one that ever did anything which was wine yeah and that was the one i ended up like trying to make more of yeah. and then I met uh, my business partner who's still with me Corel who's amazing um, and we took the initial business and, sh and created something new and then that has grown into a into a beast really over five or six years and that still does very well now and then 
through that, I and we both invested in various property projects. Yes. I've now taken a step back slightly from that. And, and Corel is the, the the managing director of our business. I still look after certain financial elements to it. And then, yeah, we have, well, I do have three property interests that run off the side of that. And then some shares, some parts I do as well. So, yeah, some different interesting things. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Yeah, I think the um, seeing that cash flow quadrant, I remember when I first saw that too. And finally sort of grasping that idea of, as you say, the, the money flows. And yeah. for me, probably the biggest realization, because I was, I'd started my business at the time, so I was in the self-employed quadrant. And for me, actually, the biggest realization was going from, okay, so top left, you're an employee, you trade your time for money. Underneath that, self-employed, you're actually still trading time for money. Yeah. It's just that you do have capacity to make a little bit more money and you do have a bit more time freedom if you want it. Yeah. But you're still trading time for money. Yeah, yeah. And you effectively bought yourself a job. Yeah. And that was the biggest realization for me that I went, oh, my God, I need to actually start thinking about yes. this in a slightly different way as well because if my goal is to... As you say, generate passive income. The only way you can do that is on the right hand side. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think that catches a lot of people out who dream of having their own business. Yeah, they, they don't want to work for someone else. Then they work for themselves, but then they become a, a slave to their own business. Yes, yeah. And you know, having that that higher mindset of okay, well, and it and it's where you go when things get hard. Yeah, are you gonna? leap back in and take control or are you going to allow someone else to come through and, and yeah. are you going to grow people are you going to look at your systems what's the underlying issue you know if your goal is financial freedom you're always looking for people yeah. to grow yeah. and to come through the system that you own and you're looking at this, the the efficiencies of that system and yeah. what, what's ultimately going on as well as product and price yeah but most people most of the time when it comes to business are obsessed with product and price yeah and not systems and psychology. Yeah, I think of it growing the right people, finding and growing the right people, and having clean, clear systems yeah. that that can elevate and grow. Yeah, uh, I spend much more time thinking about that than yeah. necessarily. Corel is amazing of product price. Yeah, to be fair. So we 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 dovetail quite well. Yeah, they work quite well. Hen. Yeah, he's been yeah. Corel has been one of the best relationships. I've ever had yeah. with anybody and we have dovetailed very well over yeah. five years far better than expected yeah and I struggled for a long time you know trying four or five businesses what you know trying to make it work in that s place yeah took a risk really went with this guy let go of some control yeah and was rewarded not 10x thousand x yeah five thousand x or hundred thousand x I, I couldn't even quantify it. like yeah it, it it just went nuts over time mm. of both working super hard. But yeah. like, yeah, it was by far the best financial decision I ever made was sharing the business yeah. and finding someone who complimented me. Um, yeah, I didn't didn't have any inkling at the time how much that risk would pay off. Yeah. yeah. Do you think that in order to obtain true financial freedom, and I think this is, you said it very nicely before, that for you, the definition of that is, more passive income than that outweighs your expenses, yep. right? So everyone's going to have a different definition. But in order to actually get there, do you think that business owner is the only way, or can you do that through investments? Do you know how to be lucky with investments? No, you can do it through investments. Yeah, totally. Um, the, the real big benefit of a business asset, yeah, is the cash flow it can deliver month to month. Is can be really powerful, mm. really, really powerful. Whereas to positively gear a house, let's say you, you're going to make nice capital gain, hopefully if you yeah. buy really well and you know it's going to take a good chunk of money to get in. But the actual 
like month to month income side is likely to be relatively low. Yeah. You know, I, I think it's great if you can be getting a grand out of it or a 1500, but you know, for me, the big number was always five, six grand. That's yeah. where I needed to get to. If I was above five or six grand, that's tick, that's what it cost me to, to run my life. Yeah. So I was, that was, I've got to get ahead of Yeah. And to do that only on property is quite hard. Mm. You know, you've got to, because you've got to make mistakes as well, right? So you've got to have buy one, you're going to mess it up, you're going to, you know, you're going to figure it out. Um, so you're looking at buying maybe like seven or eight houses over yeah. a period of time, get your passive income into that place. Um, shares again, like just the way dividends work, it's hard to get to that place. You can do it 100%. Um, there's all the benefits to those things, like the long-term payoffs, the, the massive capital gain that can come through. But I really like businesses as a way of delivering strong income. Yeah. To mark. And it, but it doesn't have to be that you build your own, right? So, you know, I think about this a lot. Like there's lots of great businesses out there that deliver really strong, reliable income. Yeah. And, you know, but it's not often what people think. It, mm. It's more process-orientated businesses. Yeah. You know, like, you know, I we were talking about laundrettes. We were talking about laundrettes. Yeah. I mean, it's classic Kiyosaki, yeah. but like it's highly process-orientated businesses yeah. that just people don't really think about, you know, so laundrettes, yeah. what, for sure. Um, You know, play centers, swim schools, yeah. Um, they're two that I think about quite a lot. Um, it can be it can be cafes, honestly. Like it's harder with a cafe because of the the skill set often of a chef. Yeah. Um, but there's certain types of cafes that I think are, are super good, and I, I love just being in hospitality. I, yeah. You know, enjoy it an awful lot. But like, I think to to be a passive owner of a restaurant or a cafe is quite rare. Yeah. Typically, people are working with it. Yeah. Okay. Um. And that's because their skill set would typically lie with the like creativity of marketing that business or yeah. I don't know. I think I think it's actually they're just the margins are just super tight. Right. You know, like you've got rent, you've got wages, and then you've got the cost of goods. Yeah. And so typically they're they're running at about ten percent budget. So it's just hard financially to make them stack up to the point where you don't have to be within in the first place. It's definitely possible. Yeah. And probably the simpler ones are the better, like mm-hmm. pizzas and burgers, yeah. you know, healthy forms, you know, like they always like some of their healthier forms as well. Um, yeah, it's it just having that systemic view of it, of how is this going to work? Yeah. And the more easy it is to train like everyday people to be able to do the jobs, I think is is ideal from this perspective. Yeah. Not just from the hospital perspective of like putting on a great place, mm. but if you're looking to add it, from a passive income perspective, yeah. really nice, clean, simple systems and people who you can train easily and grow easily and can kind of like move with you through the business. I mean, immediately where my mind goes is um, McDonald's and how useful yeah. that is as an iteration, yeah. right? Yeah. It's a really, really simple product and they've got the systems in place to drink people. And if you can just replicate that and take people through the training process with, as you say, sort of yeah. almost like a minimal level of entry to getting from a um, skills perspective in yeah. terms of you can just be a customer service person on the on the actual till, yeah. or you can be flipping burgers and they're not exactly hard burgers to make, as opposed to more of a like five star gourmet yeah. burger. 100%. And so that is replicable and therefore profitable. Yep, and that's that's why they are one of the reasons why they're such a powerful business. Yeah, and um, 
I think a lot. A good friend of mine in Lennox had run a, a restaurant up there, a pizza, a really nice, quite high end, like pizza. I tell you, yes, but with pizza as a focus. And he always says, like, if he had an applicant who'd been through McDonald's, he would often hire them over someone who hadn't. Yeah. Because to him, just for someone to be at a table and just say, you know, would you like any garlic bread? It, it's worth, if you stack that out over an entire restaurant, night after night after night, that's worth a lot of money. Mm. Um, just in sales, people don't even know they want it. But if you can do it, and it's not like the, the formulaic way of doing it. It's in a nice way, but just follow the process yeah. and offer people certain things. And half the time they'll say yes. Yeah. They'll be tempted, you know? Um, and it's that level of process and, and people who can follow a process and still be themselves yeah. and, and express themselves. And McDonald's is insane on processes. Yeah. Insane. I think, yeah. So that, you're absolutely right. Everything you said, I totally agree with. I want to jump back a little bit to money, psychology, and mindset yeah. a little bit. So we've had conversation in the past about uh, the way that you often talk about money as energy and that sort of Yeah. I'd also be interested to know if you ever unpacked your own money story and if you kind of ever went down that path. Uh, well, let's start with energy. Okay. So I definitely, I think, I feel like humans have created something that mirrors nature. Yeah. And that's how it is. And um, it's it well it, it's almost impossible not to do something that bears nature because we are part of nature. Yeah. And I, I there is a, a sort of a spiritual aspect for one of a better phrase one of a better phrase to money. And one of the big things for me was when I started giving to charity. Yeah. So I got control of my expenses, but I also carved out money to give to charity mm. as part of that taking control of things. And I reckon it was around that same time that things began to go even better. Yeah. Like, I had no money, I had only debt, and began to give. Like, and, T- and Tony Robbins told me that. He was like, don't, people think it's easier to give when you've got a lot of money. Yeah. It's really not. It's harder to give the big numbers than the small numbers. You, you will be a scaled up version of who you are now. And that made a big impression on me. So I began to give 10% years ago. And, that relaxed me so much and it brought me into gratitude and the opportunity that relaxedness was invaluable because the opportunities flow and you see them much better when you're relaxed yeah and if you're allowing yourself to have control but be relaxed with money and be cool then you feel the opportunities in a different way mm. they come in and you can pick you know you're not you don't want to rush and you're, you're constantly aware that there's people worse off than you because you're yeah. giving money away to people who are probably worse off than you. And that was, you know, that was a really interesting thing psychologically and energetically for me personally to to learn what it took to relax and to give money away. And that whole sense of receiving to give, of money flowing, cash flowing. Yeah. It's really cool, that, that phrase, cash flow. It does flow. It does flow. It flows through everybody's and and then just learning how to control that flow, to play with it, to understand what's coming in, what's going out, manage it, give it away, find the places for it to go to. Yeah, that's and I I, I love that side to this. Yeah, and the the people who come with different opportunities, bringing property to light, letting yourself ex- be expressive through property. You know, breathing life into these places that need love. Mm. Ultimately, yeah. I love that. I've done that now three or four times. Yeah. Um, you know, the, all the properties I have have been in their own way difficult properties. They needed love. And that's why they were such good value. Yeah. 
because they were neglected and yeah. people didn't want to, you know, like they were hard. They've always hard properties. And then with either by myself or with people, I've, I've, I've spent time and energy, like loving these things back into themselves. Yeah. And I love that. Mm. I love that. And now, and now that now they occur, you know, they're, they're gorgeous properties. They're not all, they're not perfect every month. Yeah. They still wobble and need, need more care and attention. But mm. yeah, I, I love that side of like the energy side of money. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I don't I, think I've ever actually heard anyone talk about money in that sense before in terms of the energy and the gratitude. Yeah. I have heard people talk about the relationship with money and like, for example, if you were dating money, how are you treating it? Yeah, yeah. So I've heard of it in none okay. Yeah, never in thought. In terms of like, you know, for example, is it something that, like, are you abusing? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Are you abusing your relationship with money? Yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that's the case. It's kind yeah. of... It's kind of similar, but it's kind of similar. Yeah. I think of it more like, so energy itself that, that we all have is neutral. Yeah. You can be a terrible person and be highly energized, mm. you know, and eat really well. You know, Mark Manson always wanted to write an article about Hitler, like being like really energized, you know, like getting up, doing yoga, you know, and but just terrible beliefs and, and, and really, you know, energy is neutral. Mm. It's neutral. You can use it for whatever you want. Yeah. But we typically use it in a positive way. Yeah. And I think money's the same. It can be used for whatever. And like, and I think the big challenge for us all now is to have more really conscious, wealthy, successful people. Yeah. There's more and more, more money in the world. And not having it so centralized yeah. in big businesses, I love to see like everyday people taking control and yeah. growing themselves. But then also it's responsibility to have money and to then and to give it away and to find the right ways of giving it away. Yeah. To to keep improving things. It's like farming. You know, you plow it back, you're plowing it back, you're plowing it back. You can only eat two meals a day and sleep yeah. in one bed. So what do you then what do you do with this this like access to this resource that's going to leave the world in a better place than we found it? You know, and that, and that's increasing not increasingly hard, but like but it's it is a good responsibility. And yeah. we need more people who want to do it. Yeah. All the time. All the time. And I that I find quite inspiring. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, it's inspiring you need to talk about it. Yeah, and cool. Yeah. Yeah, no, I it. Yeah. yeah. And so the money story. The funny story question. Um I don't know. I don't really know. How do you mean? Like So uh I guess the way that I've heard this is part of the business group that I'm part of yeah. with um Kerwin Ray. He talks about probably a little bit to what I was touching on at the beginning, that a money story can be like what is your association to money? So growing up, your association with money might have been that like it was almost a, a lacking yeah. resource that yeah. everything that you made you got rid of or something yeah. like that yeah and unless you sort of change your story around this money and for you you became very grateful of it yeah then it's harder to actually keep it yeah uh, that, that's great so yes my parents are beautiful people my dad was an engineer my mom worked various jobs in her life um but more sort of like as a, she was mainly at mom and then did various things at accounts or a travel agent, uh, whatever needed to be done to, mm. to generate some extra cash. But money was precious. And my parents were savers. And there was definitely an entity of like, you have to work hard for money and it's a scarce resource. And, you know, really, really good concepts in themselves. Mm. But like, yeah, if that's, I don't know. There was a definitely a sense of holding tightly yeah. into it. Yeah. I'm not letting it flow yeah. as such. And I sort of rebelled against that quite a lot. I think me and my sister both did. 
she's a doctor and earns very well with her husband and, and money flows through their lives like a lot and then and you know and i probably rebelled in my way too i didn't want to hold on as tight as they did yeah. and then and credit card debt was easy to come by though i i just racked up a heap of debt and i think well i think i didn't grow up very fast anyway so it was i was in my 30s before i really started to mature and, yeah. and take a and take a look on various so yeah this is definitely scarce definitely scarce I think the big change for me was like, if I do think of it as energy, I don't, you know, I think about this a lot. Like how many apples are in the world right now? X amount. How many could there be? Well, that depends on how many trees you plant and yeah. how many, like, and then how they do, what the weather's like. And and it's a bit like how with money, it, it, it's a thing. It's, a, it's more, it's not fixed anymore. Yeah. There's credit. There's different ways of it springing to life. There's so much more money in the world now than there's ever been at any point. Mm. And it depends on what ideas we can come up with and how we can express ourselves and you know all these kind of things so yeah i've unshackled myself from a lot of that scarcity stuff mm. i've tried to have a healthy mindset around it yeah. i try to think like gardening yeah i tried to think my my analogy used to be spinning plates for my life but that was quite stressful and hectic yeah and now i think of money as like a garden and i have to i have to be the gardener and i have to look at the garden and listen to what everything needs what does my business need is it, or is it fine is it just happily doing what it's doing and, and what about these houses and if there's a space maybe for me to plant something new like and then i'm tending this garden which relaxes me and i enjoy yeah. and yeah i find it quite beautiful and it is quite therapeutic yeah so that's that's try that's how I try to think about it most yeah. of the time yeah as opposed to this scarce resource where nothing can grow or whatever yeah, it's like, yeah. I, th I think that energetic tie to it as well. Like people often think, and this is where risk is is hard. So if people lose money, mm. they associate it with what they had to do to earn that money. It's not right. losing ten grand isn't just losing ten grand. It's I had to work so hard to save that ten grand. Yeah, and that's emotional. Yeah, I think this is maybe what we were talking about the other mm. day. But like, it's so you you really you've really lost all that emotion, all that hard work. Yeah. No, you just lost 10 grand. Yeah. And what's the lesson in that? Yeah. What did you learn from it? You've got, you're going to fail on this journey. Like, and controlling those losses is is what we need, but we need to make a lot of mistakes. Because yeah. to learn anything takes a lot of mistakes. Yeah. And to grow a business takes a lot of mistakes. Yeah. You have to, you just keep coming back. You've made your mistakes, you learn from them, and you keep coming back. And, and letting go of that emotional tie-in and yeah. that energetic tie-in to loss is huge mm. because you're playing a longer game. Yeah. You're going to grow. You're going to grow like a tree. Yeah. Oh, come on. You're not, not, not resilience, that letting go, letting go of that emotional tie-up of we might have with savings, especially, I think, is, is really. Yeah. So I don't know if I've really answered it. I feel like I waffled through yeah. that one. Nah. That's good. Um, I guess my my last question for you would be, where next? Do you want to? Yeah, look at? that's super cool question, and I've been thinking a lot about this. Yeah. And a big part of my journey, which I only really realized recently, yeah, like was away from pain. Yeah, I didn't want a regular job. I didn't want to be in debt. I wanted freedom, and I wanted money. Mm. I, you know, and it was I knew exactly what I didn't want, but I wasn't necessarily driven towards what I do want. Yeah. And having achieved it. I then found myself in this odd space of having money and freedom 
and not really knowing what to do with it. Yeah. And it led me into quite a dark space. Yeah. Like not a happy space, um, a lost space. Yeah. Um, it had been, I was in that for about a year, really. Mm. And recently, oh, I met a lovely girl and, and maybe like, I don't know, I've been dreaming again. Yeah. What would I like to do? So what projects are important to me? So, um, so that's what's next. Yeah. And there's, there's three that stand out. I, I'd love to do some regeneration work. Yeah. Really would love to, to, to grow forests, yeah. um, or, you know, take, take land that's been cleared and, and, mm. and do the opposite. Let it, let, let it go back to nature. I'd love to be involved in that whole movement. I'd love to set up something in hospitality, but with the with lots of books and a place to grow and yeah. a place to meditate yeah. and a place that is just for conversation and meeting people um, is is a truly open place. And, and not as a money-making venture, just purely as like where I like to hang out yeah. in those sort of places. And I love meditation. I, I, lo- I want meditation to be more central yeah. like in people's lives if they want it. Like, it's not right for everybody, but like it's huge for me. Yeah. Um, so there are two, there are two projects that I'd like to do, and the other one is uh, I am I'd like to buy uh, a bit of land out in the country mm. that I could just like, you know, put a tiny house on or something, but just a nature retreat for yeah. myself mm. and just be up, which could be tied to the song. But that there are three dreams that I'm yeah. actively working towards. Oh yeah, I love it. Cool. Well, I guess one last question. I yep. know I said the last. Yeah, that's more actually read. Well, anyone that might be stuck in 38-year-old answers, yeah. Yeah, yeah. what, uh, I guess, what would you, what's something practical that someone could take away that they could implement today? You've mentioned the tracking of the money yeah. aspect, but is there anything that you would say, someone's in a situation where maybe they are feeling a bit of shame around money, they're not in financial situation that they want to be in, but yeah. they know that, first of all, they need to know that they can get out of that situation. Yeah. What can they actually take away practically that they can start doing to get them on that road? Um, it's a great question. It's a great question. I think, number one, just relax. Yeah. Take a breath, calm yourself down, and just take a minute. Like, it's going to come down to your own personal growth. Mm. Ultimately, is what's going to change everything for you, mm. and that is going to be actions ultimately but firstly it's going to be learning some new stuff so i think buying some books or finding some people to teach you so we've mentioned kiyosaki yeah so rich dad poor dad obviously cash flow quadrant and and approaching these things with an openness of mind and heart yeah and allowing them to to change you and and trying new stuff Mm. relaxing building awareness and and leaning in towards growth yeah 100 percent so whether that's books or your teachers, whether it's people mm. who are your teachers, it doesn't matter. But uh, like going, allowing yourself to be on a journey mm. and not a, a, at a fixed point at the end and, or, or I'm like this or I'm like that. No, no, you're, you're constantly changing, you know, and, and you're a result of many, many things. Yeah. But like you can grow in many different ways and you will change and grow in many different ways. So if you want to grow in this particular way, take a breath, calm down. Right. What are we taking yet? What What's the education? Which way are we going to grow? And then read new stuff and try it and and start to like just let yourself and you know beautifully move in that direction and trust that it's going to be fine. Yeah. As it is, you know, it's going to be fine. Yeah. But having some support on that journey is, yeah. is pretty cool too. Definitely. Yeah. It's hard to do that, especially I think if you're in a family. Yeah. 
Um, oh, yeah. It's hard to do that without people coming on that journey with you. Yeah. But as you say, environment is key. Yeah. Environment is key. Um, I lived in London a long time and I disliked it for most of the time I was there. And my belief at that time was like, I should still be able to be happy despite the fact that this is not an environment I like. And then when I came to Melbourne, it was instantly easier to be me and to be happy and to meet people who I like. And, and that told me a lot, a bit like a plant in a garden. You can, you can just be struggling yeah. in a certain place, but like the environment, it matters. Yeah. And different plants are diff- right or wrong for different environments. And then you move them and suddenly the, the way the light is and they suddenly flourish. Mm. Um, you know, and life is like that in terms of like who you're surrounded with and your family and your friends and what you're reading and where you're placing your attention because yeah. all these things become your thoughts. And if you're spending them like on stuff that's just going in anyway, that, that becomes your thoughts, that becomes your mindset. Yeah. Whereas you can consciously take it towards the area, the way that you want to go and then begin to find people who are going that same way and can encourage you and grow with you or mentor you or whatever it is. So it, it's gonna, it's a catalyst, yeah. And you're creating an environment for yourself, yeah. to grow and to flourish, yeah, yeah. Amazing, thank cool. I really, really, no worries. Thank you, Evelyn. Yeah, this is, I hope, something that really aligns with with some of our listeners, and I'm sure that it will because I don't think money is spoken about in this way. Yeah. So I really appreciate you sharing your wisdom and where you've come from, and yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate the offer to come on and it's been lovely to chat with you. So thank you. Thanks, Andy. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of You Have My Interest. Remember to subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast player. To find out more about how Everlend can help educate and empower you to achieve your goals with finance and property, just visit everlend.com.au forward slash podcast and book in a free discovery call.